Welcome to the Wedding Artist Diaries, a podcast aimed at creatives looking to take their career into the wedding industry. Each week I chat to different suppliers who are already building their dream career. Together we chat about different topics every week, we share hints and tips and we look at just building community. I'm glad you can join us. Let's jump in. <laughs> Hello Pauline, how are Hello. you? I'm fantastic. How are you? Good, thanks. Where are you just now? I am currently um, in my office in Royal Exchange Square, which is a really nice location to be at. Um, I was in the West End for a number of years, which was lovely. Working in Byers Roads is just always a delight, but it's nice to be back in the city centre with the hustle and bustle of Buchanan Street just around the corner. It's nice. Oh. Do people come and visit you in your office then for your like pre-wedding interviews? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's handy when you've got people that work in town as well and you can do some meetings, you know, after work hours at like six o'clock. There's plenty of bars and restaurants and coffee shops in the city centre. So, yeah, it keeps things fresh and exciting. <laughs> Very good. So you are a celebrant, a humanist. Yes, I am. So I took the plunge during the pandemic. Um, it was always something that I wanted to do. Um, working in the wedding industry for the last seven years it's not an industry that I'd see myself I wouldn't see myself working in any other industry um, so I always thought you know what that's the next step I'd like to train as a humanist celebrant um, after witnessing so many and so many different types of ceremonies um, and then during the pandemic I decided that being stuck in the house um, I was going to take the plunge and make the next step to um, do the training so um, that feels like it was just yesterday, but I mean, the pan- I think everyone thinks the pandemic feels like just yesterday, but also it was such a massive chunk of our lives, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I got my license last year in August 2022, and I've never looked back. Wow. Yes, because that's that's not how I met you. We first met at the Oramore Wedding Fair, where you were an event coordinator, weren't you, for the yeah. wedding fair? Absolutely. So I was there for seven years, um, which was a fantastic job, great venue, um, just lovely location, lovely clientele. Um, and yeah, after kind of doing the training, it just was time to kind of take a step back. Um, I'm in another venue in Merchant City called Citation. Um, but it's just, it was just a time to kind of make the next step and have a fresh start. And it was so hard to walk away from more and more. Um, but I'm actually returning this July to do a wedding ceremony. So that's really exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what's it like being, um, what, what, what's, how has it been for you to do a career change? It's not been a massive career change because you're already in the wedding industry, you said, but um, did it take a bit of a mental shift? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's always that risk of putting yourself out there and trying something different. Um, I always knew that I would, you know, enjoy being a celebrant because my favourite part of being a wedding planner in a venue was getting to know couples, getting to know their story, meeting their family members and lead up to the big day um, and, you know, helping them prepare for the big day and being that friendly face that they recognise before they walk down the aisle. Um, So for me... I wanted to be the person at the other end of the aisle um, and to tell their story. And I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed writing. I've done wedding blogs in the past as well. So that kind of stuff is, 
you know, the fun bit for me. Um, so getting to know a couple, their stories, their quirks, their milestones, and then be able to create a really nice script for them. It's just, it's an absolute pleasure and an honour as well. <laughs> it's very, the wedding industry is a very personal business, isn't it? When it is. I suppose in your, your job, you get to sit and meet with the, the couple beforehand. And you have to go through their their story as you said and retell it in your your own words and I think as well like one thing I've definitely noticed from starting as a humanist celebrant is that you know we've all been to lots of weddings before and we've all most people have been to a couple of humanist um, wedding ceremonies because they're more and more popular non-religious ceremonies however they don't really necessarily take in what really happened and what was said until they get to the point of actually they're planning their own ceremony. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they kind of rely on you to give them the guidance and help them with, you know, talk through the legal part, for example. It's such a huge part of someone's wedding day, but it's most of the time the last thing they've actually thought about. Oh, we didn't realise we had to submit our own um, you know, M10 documents, and it's like, well, yeah, absolutely, it's such an important part. So you're kind of guiding them with those things, as well as, you know, helping them with symbolic gestures, like the hand fasting um, and the quake ceremony. So these are all things that couples go, oh, I've saw that before, but I don't really understand how we do that. And so you're helping them as well as getting to know them, because um, every every, cere- every ceremony is different, because every couple is different. So um yeah it's very enjoyable (laughs) and I guess you get to guide people as into to decide what's best for their ceremony what's fitting for their personalities as well exactly so quite often you get couples that you know they just want a really short and sweet ceremony they don't want to be there for 45 minutes they just want to keep it short and sweet I try to encourage them to a little bit longer just to make the ceremony a wee bit more you know and personal and enjoyable um but that's fine and that's the beauty of you know a humanist ceremony that you don't have to do anything apart from make your legal declarations the celebrant makes their legal declarations and then you sign your marriage schedule apart from that it's up to you how much or how little you want to do um and then other couples you know will have children um which are such a huge part of their story and part of their lives so they want to incorporate children in some way um, in their ceremony. So there's lots of things that we can do to help guide couples. Um, so yeah, it's you meet so many different people, um, which again is the beauty of it. You know, every couple wants something different. Every couple's got a different story. Visiting different venues as well has been the most exciting part for me. Um, I did a wedding well, two Saturdays ago um, at Weatherly House. I don't know if you've ever been there. Oh yes, I have. Is it in Scottish Borders? Yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous. It's as and the team there were fantastic. I have to say they were great. Um, so I think as well turning up to a venue as a humanist celebrant. When I've been on the other hand of things, I've been there when uh, you know it's complete chaos. When guests are arriving, you're trying to get people seated. You're waiting on the bride arriving. So I now get the nice bit, just standing waiting for the bride to arrive, which is really yeah. nice. We do. Yeah, I did a wedding there last year, and they had a rose, they had a wedding in the rose garden. It was oh, just nice there. Um, yeah. So you've changed your career, and you've you've done the training. You've got your certification. What happens then? Do you have to go out and kind of find your own clients yeah so autumn i did my training with um the fuse foundation so um they looked after all the training and that's who my license um, goes through so you automatically get put on their um website which is fantastic and they give you a lot of guidance in terms of you know how to promote yourself 
but I think I kind of already had that background from you know promoting a venue um, over the last seven years. So yeah, I kind of set up my own Instagram, my own social media, um, and just kind of really push that myself. So I would say that a lot, a lot of it comes through the Fuse website, but we have a link to our social media pages, which helps couples, you know, as much as they read your bio and your, you know, they see a picture of your face and a wee bit about you. Um, I always think it's a wee bit like Tinder, wedding Tinder. <laughs> <laughs> so you see a face and you go, yep, I like that face. And then you read a bit about them and then you they kind of start the initial contact with you to get to know you. Um, and yeah, so I'm not really a TikToker. I never really got into that, but a lot of celebrants use TikTok to promote themselves. Um, I'm not cool enough for that, but I probably should <laughs> look into the TikTok world. Um, but as well as attending wedding fairs like yourself, Cheryl. So, you know, it's a great way of going to a venue and finding couples that are already booked at that venue that are still looking for their suppliers. Um, January being such a busy month for wedding fairs, there is about four, I think. Um, over the course of the month that I attended. So yeah, make sure of social media being on their website and then um, attending wedding fairs is generally the, the kind of format for promoting yourself. I wouldn't worry too much about being a non-TikToker because I've had this eureka moment, this light bulb moment last week that, you know, today's TikTok post is tomorrow's shit paper. You know, just think <laughs> exactly. You know, it, you make a post that just goes poof, it disappears into the into nothingness. And why yeah. would you want to put all your energy into making these TikTok posts for it just to disappear? You better just invest in your energy into a really nice Instagram. Absolutely. Or a blog that sits there forever. Um, but you do social media very well. If it, what is your social, what is your Instagram handle? Pauline. So it's Pauline Louise Humanist Celebrant. And yeah. that's both on Instagram and Facebook. I've seen it and it's beautiful and well actually I was telling you before we started the interview about the girl who I met who wanted you to be her celebrant but you weren't available for her date she she brought up your page it's like look she just looks so professional everything's just in line on her page <laughs> yeah that's what we all strive for she's just looks like, so nice oh that's so nice I think that's again that's the great experience I've had from working at a venue you know social media is huge for I think the whole wedding world in terms of whether you're a band, you're a florist, a photographer. And I would say my absolute top tip to anyone who's kind of venturing into the wedding world is make friends with the photographers. Um, yeah. Photographers are your friends. So you'll know yourself where you've taken a dodgy picture on your phone and you go, oh, this doesn't quite capture the moment. Whereas when you see the, the wedding photographer's pictures posted a couple of weeks after online, it's like, oh, that is just fantastic. And as much as I hate pictures of myself, it's a fear that I've had to just accept that I'm going to be in people's wedding pictures. Um, you know, a couple of weeks after when you see the, the professional photography getting posted, you just think, oh, gosh, that that was such a great moment. And photographers have a great way of capturing that. And photographers will more than happily have you share their pictures as long as you're crediting them along the way so yeah. it gives them publicity on your page um, and again builds a nice relationship so and again it makes your photography look more professional on your page rather than kind of sharing the dodgy pictures that you take on your iPhone. <laughs> I found that that's just kind of the, the, cult, the social culture, the social media culture, the etiquette of weddings. If you're a supplier, you go to a wedding, and if you're going to post about that wedding, then you tag everyone who's worked at that wedding, give them credit. If you're going to post pictures of the florist and her beautiful work, post her 
post her um, in her Instagram page, the photographer, the, the cake maker. Yeah. Ev- everyone forgets about the string quartet. <laughs> I know, I know. And that's the thing. It's, it's such the wedding industry, is such a community. It really, really is. You know, even when, um, you know, as a wedding planner in a venue, people, I think, assume that if you ask them, oh, what other venues are you looking at? And they're almost hesitant to tell you as if they don't want to offend you. But we're more than aware that you're looking at four or five different venues for your wedding day. Um, and if people mention a venue that I know the coordinator, I'll say, oh, yeah, I know so-and-so. They're so lovely. They'll, you know, they'll look after you well if you book there. And they're almost shocked that, oh, you know that person, you like that person. But generally, we're all, you know, part of the same community. We're all doing the same job. Um, and I'm friends with lots of wedding coordinators at other venues. Um, and actually during the, the pandemic, we were such a great support to one another, you know, with every update on restrictions, you were speaking to them and going, what did you take from that? And what are you doing for this? So um, yeah, I think pushing other people's work is fantastic because in my eyes, there's enough work out there for everybody. There's enough weddings happening, enough people getting married. So, you know, exactly to help your peers is absolutely the way forward. As a, um, a celebrant, there's there's weddings every day in every town and city all over the UK. I mean, I'd like somebody to actually tell me the number, but there must be thousands and thousands. And there's, you're right, there's enough work for everyone and your people will find you. I don't think it helps to have a, a competition mindset. You have to have a community mindset. Um, it's, um, I'm sure photographers are friends with other photographers and but there'll be some photographers who just don't want to be interested in other photographers it's like a competition yeah. thing and um, as an artist as well it's, it's really good to have artist friends you can bounce ideas off and there's been moments I mean wedding painting is quite a, a new thing and there's been moments maybe last year where I've done a job and things have happened and I just wanted to phone up another wedding artist and say help what's happening yeah. here I need your advice and um it's good to have a community and it's great to make friends with other suppliers as well because yeah. you can just support each other I mean like over the years you know the Oddenmore wedding fair that we did twice a year that was you know that was it was a social day for the suppliers as much as they were there to meet couples and make business it was a great catch-up you know how's your wedding season been or you know what's how's your how's your your next year looking to be able to compare notes and just support each other and tell stories of stuff we've all been through and you know I've made some great friends for example Shona from Papercut Posies she's a great friend of mine now Heather from Make Believe Events Mark Wild Photography these are all people that are now if I was to leave the wedding world I know we continue to be friends so um, it is a lovely industry to be part of, but you just have to play the game right and support the people around you rather than seeing them as competition. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you are out looking for your, your clients. Do you feel that you have an ideal client? Do you have a, a type of wedding that you like to work at? I think that's a difficult one because everyone's so different. Um, I would say that my approach to writing a script is quite laid back, relaxed and quite humorous. Mm-hmm. So I love to get down to the nitty gritty of, you know, the couple's flaws, their funny stories, the things they've been through. Um, as humanist celebrants, it's important to us that we set the tone during the ceremony for the rest of the day. So if you've got people bored out their tears for half an hour and they just can't wait to get to the bar, 
they're going to be like, oh, thank God that's over. And we've all been to a ceremony like that before. Yeah. So, you know, I want to get the best out of the couple and the best out of telling their story. And, you know, nobody's relationship is perfect. No one's marriage is going to be perfect. So being able to laugh about each other's flaws and, and funny stories, I think is a great thing. So maybe couples that are, you know, willing to kind of open up a bit and be a bit vulnerable with me um, to allow me to kind of write something really, really interesting for their friends and family. But again, as I said, you do get couples who just want short and sweet and they just want to sign on the dotted line, which is also fine. But I'll maybe give them a bit more encouragement to come out their shell and um, be a bit more fun during their ceremony. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there is, is such an ideal client. I think if someone's going for a humanist ceremony, they're already, you know, opened their minds to the possibility of having a bit more relaxed, non-religious ceremonies. Um, but yeah, I would, I would say that all of my couples are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Do you only do weddings or do you do funerals as well? So I do only do weddings. Um, I completed the training for funerals. And for me, after doing the training, you know, I actually really enjoyed it. Um, the reason I wanted to be a celebrant was because of my love for the wedding industry. But I did open my mind to potentially doing funerals. Um, at the moment, I've decided it's not quite for me. I'm quite an emotional person um, and I'm not sure that I'm at that stage of my life where I'm able to kind of hold back on the yeah. emotion. Um, and Yeah, and you know, it's not the kind of thing that you can pick and choose. If someone gets in contact for you to do a funeral, you can't ask what the circumstances are to then decide if you're able to do the funeral or not for me. And I think as well with me having a full-time job, um, it's not really suitable, the time frame of which funerals are booked. So obviously they're a much shorter lead time. It could be a week, two weeks in advance. So then you have to meet a family pretty quickly, you know, and write a nice script for them in a short period of time. So I, I don't think I would work in full time at the moment, be able to offer a good enough service as well to, to families that are going through that. So at the moment, just funerals, um, baby name ceremonies and vow renewals. <laughs> Oh, do you get many vow renewal ceremonies? They're not as common, I would say, um, but there's definitely a few people out there that um, are romantic enough to oh, say their vows against each <laughs> other. Um, so yeah, absolutely encourage people to do that. And because it's a non-legal ceremony, there's no time frame on it. You can, you know, you don't have to sign out a managed schedule or anything. So you can do literally whatever you want. It can be as relaxed or as fun or as interesting as, as people want it to be. Oh, it sounds like you've got a busy summer coming up. Is that right? You've got lots of lovely places. I do, absolutely. So um, when I got my licence in August last year, I kind of thought, you know, any, any booking for this year will be great. You know, I've got a full-time job. I'm not doing this for a financial purpose. It's more of a hobby and at the moment something that I'm, I'm, I'm going to enjoy and hopefully work at and progress into a full-time career in the future. Um, but I've now ended up with 30 bookings this year. So, oh, wow, um, yeah, it's really exciting. Um, and, you know, see, when a booking comes through, you're almost like, oh, my goodness, is that a mistake? You know, is that definitely for me? <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's really nice when you get to know a couple and, you know, you just have a connection with them and you just got on really, really well. They choose you to marry them. Um, it's such a rewarding thing. Um, but yeah, busy year ahead, absolutely. Well, is your work um, seasonal? Like some, like most of us, is it's all seasonal? Or are you booked for November, December, January, February as well? So October 
bizarrely, um, is really busy for me this year. So I, I found that as well after the pandemic, that October became quite a popular month for weddings generally. Um, I think in Scotland, people are opening their minds up out with peak wedding season being the summer now. Um, we live in a country that's pretty miserable a lot of the time in terms of weather. So, um, And if you're booking a venue that's indoors and you're not got your heart set on an outdoor wedding, yeah. then it doesn't make a huge difference whether what time of year you get married. Um, but October is a really popular month at the moment for weddings. But I actually just took a booking as well for Hogmanay this year. Oh, which, wow. As really exciting, um, just a really intimate couple um, getting married on Hogmanay, intimate wedding day, um, and yeah, I, I just thought fantastic. That's me got plans for Hogmanay now. I don't need to worry about <laughs> what I'm getting up. Yeah, so absolutely. Um, I think as well, there's loads of people that um, are perhaps, for example, living abroad. Um, they're from Scotland, but they're coming home for their wedding. And it might be that they decide to come over, over Christmas and New Year because that's the time that they would want to spend with their family over Christmas. And that week between Christmas and New Year can be so, so busy for weddings. Um, some people hate the idea, but I think it's a great time to get married because people are generally drinking and eating guilt-free. People are <laughs> off their work as well. Um, so, yeah, I think we're definitely shifting away from the standard wedding season which is great for people that do what we do because you want to split the business throughout the whole year rather than cramming you know so many bookings into three months of the year which can be exhausting you're right I actually think I have about four weddings in October this year but not only that lots of midweek weddings throughout the year maybe Mondays and Wednesdays some Thursdays um not what I expected, expected just to have Saturdays, maybe a few Sundays, but um I think there's been a real shift from the pandemic. You know, people after once we came out of lockdown, people were attending more midweek weddings. So they were going to weddings on a Wednesday or a Tuesday and actually going actually it doesn't make a huge difference. If you want to go to that person's wedding, you're going to take the day's annual leave if you need to. Um, and actually have they saved a couple of thousand pounds by doing it on a Wednesday? great yeah. that could pay for their photographer that could pay for their flowers or their artist um on the day and you know it's, it's I think it's open people's minds to when they get married because you know if it's a Saturday wedding then it, what difference does it make you're maybe going to spend a wee bit more money on it um, and I think people attending more midweek weddings has definitely opened their minds up to getting married on other days of the week themselves which again for people like us who are generally restricted to weekends <laughs> Um, weekend work it's it's fantastic really really good 30 weddings that is 30 outfits what are you going to wear <laughs> oh goodness you know this is something that um I really struggle with because my color is black right so I wear black most days my full-time job it's safe um it's inoffensive but I thought I can't be wearing black as people's celebrants to their wedding so because you know, it feels a bit more funeral-like. Um, so I have a number of blazers. I just love a blazer. I think it's smart. I think it's, you know, neat and tidy looking, few different colors. Um, and if I do wear a black blazer, which I do have, and I have worn before, I'll generally wear a color underneath it, <laughs> just so it doesn't look too um, black on the day. But I kind of always speak to a couple of, do you have a color scheme? Do Are your bridesmaids wearing a certain color? Because the last thing I want to do is turn up wearing the same color as a bridesmaid. Yeah, 
the same color as a bridesmaid or you know is the groom wearing a tuxedo and then I'm wearing a black blazer and I look like I'm trying to match the groom so I kind of speak to couples about what their ceremony is going to look like um but generally a blazer I always like to wear a high heel as well you know the guests are wearing high heels <laughs> so I always think it's nice to turn up as if you're you know you're you're dressed for a wedding yeah um but just never white that's the one rule never right that's <laughs> actually really good good advice to ask the bride or color scheme I never thought about that it's a bit different for you because you're at the front with the bride and groom and you're in the wedding photos but you're right you don't want to be wearing like bright orange and everyone's got green <laughs> exactly green and actually the biggest challenge this year for me um and my friend has been that so I'm actually a bridesmaid in June um at a wedding my friend Fiona and Darren's wedding and they've also asked me to be their celebrant as well so initially I was like can't be your bridesmaid and your celebrant like that's that's and they're really like, no we want you to marry us like absolutely and you're definitely a bridesmaid so that was fine so we went along to choose the outfit for the bridesmaids dresses and we were like well we all decided to dress really quickly that was easy and then it was like well what what do I wear for the ceremony do I wear the bridesmaid dress or so we, we kind of went back and forward on this for ages and I thought you know the person to speak to is the photographer because the bride's so laid back, Fiona doesn't care. She's like, I just want everyone to be comfortable in what they're doing. Um, I kind of thought, oh, I don't want you buying a dress for me and then I don't wear it enough. So, but I thought we speak to the photographer, Mark Wilde, who you'll have met at the Oranmore um, wedding fair. He's yeah. doing the photography. And I said, Mark, what do we do here? And, um, you know, from an aesthetic point of view, we decided that it would be weird for me to wear my bridesmaid's dress only because people would look at the picture and be like, why is the bridesmaid, you know, and kind of question what's yeah. going on. Someone else said to me, oh, look like the celebrant hasn't turned up and you've just stepped and in for the day. Uh -huh. And I thought, oh, I don't want it to be about me. I just want to blend into the background um, as if the other ceremony. So I'm going to have um, hopefully a two-piece suit that's maybe the same colour as the bridesmaid's dress. Um, and then after the ceremony, quickly change into my bridesmaid's dress. <laughs> Wow, that's great. Um, okay, my last question for you, and I didn't ask you this before, so I'm just going to jump on you. <laughs> the pressure. <laughs> As a wedding supplier, what would you say, what, what would be your number one piece of good advice? What is etiquette as a wedding supplier? What's good etiquette? What is good etiquette? Um, so I would say, again, touching back on what we've done before. So, you know, supporting the people around you that are doing the same job so there's so yeah. many humanist celebrants out there I've seen so many um, in my job as a venue planner and for me you're kind of you kind of have that fear of oh where do I fit in um, mm -hmm. amongst all of these other people that have been doing it for years and years and years believe in yourself and your talent and what you can do you know yeah. I could never even imagine trying to do what you do Cheryl I am the least artistic person <laughs> on the planet and I look at what you do and go that is incredible so although there might be other people out there doing the same thing believe in yourself and just keep going because as we've said there's so much work out there there's enough work out there for everybody um, and respecting the people that do what you do as well you know because you never know when the time might come that you, you've fallen well or you've got a reason that you can't attend the ceremony you want to be able to pick up the phone to someone that you know can do equally a great job as you and say help me out absolutely <laughs> um, I know that it happens a lot with photographers sometimes they need a second shooter and they'll find a photographer that does kind of similar style to them and they'll ask for them to come in and help on the day um 
And it's the same with celebrants, you know, quite often someone will get in contact and say, we'd love for you to do a ceremony, but you might not be available. Um, and you want to then be able to recommend someone to them that you think is similar style to yourself and, you know, going to do, do them justice rather than just taking them back to square one and having to search for another celebrant. So, yeah, I think just treating um, everybody fairly and respectfully um, because word of mouth is, you know, word of mouth can be so powerful in the industry that we work in. Very good. And how do we find you online? Um, so you can find me on Diffuse um, Ceremonies webpage. There is a list of all the celebrants. Um, generally, it will give you a kind of breakdown of area. So if you had a specific area that you were getting married, it kind of shows you who's nearby. But all of us are listed on there as well. Um, you can simply book it online as well, or you can get in contact through social media. So it's Pauline Louise Humanist Celebrant on Facebook and Instagram. Um, always open to a wee conversation. And normally before someone books, I'll schedule a wee call or a wee WhatsApp Zoom just to kind of, um, you know, put faces to names and get to know each other a wee bit. Because I think that's important when um, you're working working with people in such an intimate basis. Absolutely. Can I tell you my story before you go? Please, yes, sorry. Because I feel that um, you're almost like a minister. You're almost like like a confessional book <laughs> type person. <laughs> I don't know if I don't know if my friends and family would say that, but I get what you mean. There's a responsibility in what yeah. yeah. thing like to a counselor or you're almost like a counselor <laughs> or minister. Anyway, I was at Gretna Green at the weekend, right? And I made the biggest supplier blunder ever. Oh. <laughs> Anyway, I don't know if you've ever been to Gretna Green, but it's a place that you go, people elope there and they do a wedding every half an hour and they go into the anvil room to get married. Right, so I went there, there's, they've got a wee museum and whatnot. My bride was getting married at half past two and she'd asked me to come and take a picture of them in the ceremony, standing over the anvil. Um, and then I was going to paint a painting at the, the reception and that's fine. So half 25 past two, I went into the room and there was the photographer the, it was a minister it wasn't a celebrant and there was two witnesses who were ladies who worked there and I was like mm -hmm. oh hi I'm the artist um she's asked me to come and take a picture of them so I can paint this painting blah 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 and they're like oh yeah come in come in <laughs> and then I passed through the bride arrives and they're outside and here's me taking pictures of them hi hi and she, she came into the room I was like oh hi Elena I'm Cheryl I'm your wedding artist and I'm going to I'll, I'll just take a picture of you at the end and then I'll I'll, I'll work great. Anyway, the minister was so lovely. He's like, oh, you don't need to sit out there. Come in here with us. I'm like, no, no, it's fine. I don't want to impose. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> anyway, they all came in for the start of the wedding and then the minister starts. And we're gathered here today to celebrate with David and Jane. And I was like, oh, oh no. He said the name wrong. <laughs> and he started to pray and he kept going on. And, and David and Jane and Dick, I was like, he keeps saying the name wrong. He's got the name wrong. And then the penny oh. suddenly dropped. I was in the wrong wedding. <laughs> oh, no. And then because there was only four of us in a room, it was, wasn't like I could just sneak out. It was really awkward. I had to say to the ladies, I said, I'm in the wrong wedding. I don't know what I've done, but I'm in the wrong oh, wedding. Oh, no. And then I was thinking, have I got it wrong? Have I got the day wrong? And as I went, they said, oh, maybe they've moved it till three. So I went outside and there was a couple standing outside. I was like, oh, hi, are you? <laughs> and so and they're like, no. <laughs> oh, no. By which point I was having a proper Hugh Grant moment. <laughs> so How I went, 
how on earth the planners deal with so many weddings in one day I will never understand one a day is enough (laughs) so I went to the front desk and they explained to me that there's five places there's like lots of different places that people are having weddings throughout the day so she said oh your wedding's half a mile up the road in the the coach house anvil room (laughs) so I had to get in the car Um, it was all fine because I just had to go in at the end and take my pictures anyhow I went back to the hotel where we're having the meal and um absolutely mortified at what had happened and I was retelling the story to the girl who was one of the food and beverage managers she's looking at me and she's smiling she went I think you're booked for my wedding next year (laughs) oh great so that was that the moral of the story is always check your paperwork (laughs) yeah and I think you know what we're only human you know every single one of us is only human and I actually my cousin's um wedding I'll not name any names I've got lots of cousins um their celebrant started off with the correct name of the bride and halfway through changed it to another name and everyone was kind of looking at each other like oh and then very quickly resorted back to the correct name and it's one thing that I have 100% you know got in my head that you know get the names right get the names right because <laughs> um, you could be doing so many weddings in the one week that yeah it's so important to get the names right um so touch with I'll never never be in that situation <laughs> okay um I think that's all my questions thanks so much for your time today thank you for having me I'm really excited about this and well done at taking the plunge for the podcast because I listen to so many podcasts um, and actually, you know, it's, it's such a nerve-wracking thing to do to put yourself out there and your voice out there and opinions and such like. So well done on you and thank you so much for having me on. Thanks. I'll see you on social media, I guess. I'll see you yeah. here. Absolutely. Thanks, Cheryl. See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you enjoyed it, leave me a comment in the comments box or you can find us online at weddingartistdiaries.com. See you next week.